we are looking to buy houses in your local area with cash. We buy houses as is and can close quickly in as little as seven days. There's no fees, no commissions, no showings, no repairs, no appraisals. Visit www.divainvestmentproperties.com. The latest hits and the greatest memories on, 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 on live 105.5 mobi Hi, so we're back with another episode. It's actually been a while since I've recorded, but today, guys, we have a special guest with us. So I want you to take some time and tell us who do we have joining us today? Yeah, so my name's Warren Garrett. I'm the director and lead minister for God's Chosen Ones. We're a nonprofit organization that specializes in helping uh, those new to sobriety or those in some sort of transition, just helping them get back on their feet and back into their uh, into independence. Wow. Okay, great. And so I had looked into the um, organization a little bit and I know we had a discussion about, you know, what your organization does for people. And so you primarily just work with men or is it both women and men or what, who do you service mostly? Yeah. So I guess mostly we would say, um, we mostly deal with, uh, work with men. Yeah. Um, okay. But that's not exclusively, uh, because we do do some outreach and stuff that, you know, men and women can be a part of. Gotcha. Okay. So what I wanted to hone in on, because I know we had talked about you working with addiction and things of that nature and providing mentoring. So what really made you get into working in this field? Yeah, well, you know, um, pretty much a few things, but mainly I, I happened to see the inner workings of how um, addiction treatment aftercare programs work meaning like mm-hmm. sober living homes and um places like that and once yeah. i saw how they operated um there were just some gaps that we noticed and uh we just saw a chance to be able to be a part of things and just be able to serve yes exactly and i i definitely can see where you know that would bring you into wanting to get into the field because there are a lot of gaps especially in the united states when we're talking about addictions mental health you see the gaps it's so you know when you look at the population of of homelessness you know it's just like so many gaps so i feel like you know there is so that the ability to get into that is it's just there you know um so i mean i know we hadn't really touched on it yet because i know a lot of the listeners don't really know you know the full-on story and what your organization is about but when you're talking about working with people with addiction i mean what would you say how would you describe addiction like what would be your definition or a way that you would describe addiction and what that looks like sure well i'll first start off by saying that um as far as addiction goes there really is no definition Mm -hmm. for it 
Yeah. Um, there's there's no agreed upon uh, you know meaning for the word. Yeah. But if I had to describe what it was, uh, to me, it's when you place something in the number one spot of your life. You put it before yeah. everything, yes. whether it's before uh, a need to eat, before hmm. your need to have an income, before your need to uh, maintain healthy relationships, whatever's in that number one spot. Um, that would be what you would be addicted to, I would say. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, a lot of people know, um, people close to me know, you know, what kind of work I do. And I don't really just, you know, put it all out there. But you see that a lot of people actually place their addiction before, like you said, anything. I mean, it could be kids, their job. It could be, you know, any relationship that they're in. It could just be anything like and that For that sure. is something that it has a hold on people and you know nowadays like since it used to be back in the day crack cocaine and now it's gradually just going to like meth you see so many people are addicted to meth i mean and it's just crazy you even have functioning addicts too i mean there are some people yes, that yeah. are functioning <laughs> For sure, yeah. And the opiate crisis is yes, pretty big as well. That's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah because I've attended some um, seminars and things like that about the opiate crisis. You know, it, it's opioid crisis. It's very prominent now, too, and people are losing their lives to it. But what I wanted to ask you was, is it possible that people have like more than one addiction? Have you seen it or work with individuals directly or indirectly that have more than one addiction? Yeah, I would say so because, well, I would actually say that what the addiction can be to is not a specific drug, but just yeah. in wanting to be intoxicated. Yes. So uh, some people will have an addiction to one thing that may be what they call their drug of choice. Mm -hmm. But if offered something else, they'll probably take it too, just to get that um, yeah. break from reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I know that there can be more than one issue going on with a person. So we're talking about mental health and then they have a drug addiction or alcohol addiction or some other co-occurring addiction. You know, some people really don't have an understanding about what addiction is or what that looks like for people. And some people just say, hey, <laughs> they should be able to just get off of it, you know, or why can't they just stop? So some people right. think that it's just so easy, but sometimes it's hard for people to overcome addiction. It really is. For sure. You know, for I don't sure. know if you've been following like what's been going on more recently, like even celebrities are, are dying of overdoses. Like most recently DMX, I just saw he's on life support from a drug overdose. Yes, very unfortunate. And it yeah. just goes to show that addiction doesn't care about your status, your mm -hmm. income. No. None of that matters. Yeah. None of it. Yeah. And what I was just thinking about, too, it really what I wanted to talk about is the pandemic and how it's affecting people. I mean, can you just imagine what's going on behind closed doors right now with people are just at home? You know, there's sure. there's it's close. We're closed off from everybody, you know, and there and you're not seeing your family. You're not seeing other people out in the community. So, I mean, I'm just thinking like how 
or do you how do you think people with an, an addiction or are being affected right now by this pandemic are you finding that you're seeing people at your organization like what what's going on with that yeah well you know one of the major things that happened when the pandemic first uh kicked off was that uh when you talk about like Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics, Narcotics right. Anonymous, uh, all of the meetings were shut down. So oh, the, wow. the main part of that is always to tell them, hey, go to a meeting, go to a meeting. Right. So they took that away. Now we were able to get creative and, you know, yes. some people were having like Zoom meetings and stuff like that, but um, it really did still have an effect because it's just not the same as that person to person contact. It's not the same exactly and I, I definitely can get you know that right there is people don't really know how <laughs> they're affected by this this loss of human touch or human interaction you know because we don't it's something we really don't think about and then we have to change the way that we're doing things now by utilizing technology more so than ever so I'm just like noticing yeah. how you know, it's it's not stopping. A pandemic doesn't stop mental illness. It doesn't stop an addiction. And I think it's only worsened, you know, and now that we have people with these addictions and, and mental health and all of that at home, especially if they have tr children, you know, I feel like it really can just amp up those addictions even more because it's like, okay, I don't have nothing else to do. People have lost their jobs, so they're just at home. And it's like, well, what else do you do? What, what else can you do when you, you, you know, you have this, this pandemic and you can't go anywhere? For sure. <laughs> you know, nothing For else sure. you can do. Um, so do you really think that there is like, do you think that there's more help during this time? Do you think it's less now? I mean, are, what what do you think about that? Are, is there more time, you know, that people have, and, and and are they able to really help people during this time, or what what do you think is uh, is happening? Well, I, I think it's definitely forcing people to, uh, you know, look at other options and consider other alternatives because the, mm -hmm. the AA and the NA model. Um, was always to say, hey, you have to go to a meeting. If, if you don't, they made that such an important major part of it. Yeah. That when they mm -hmm. took that away, it really did leave a lot of people lost. But on the other side of that, it left a lot of uh, opportunities for other methods and approaches to be um, to be used. So. Yeah, exactly. And like you mentioned, like Zoom and, you know, or whatever is available for people to be able FaceTime even, you know, to be able to see people and speak to people, even though you can't see them in person. But I mean, can you can we even speak to how many people are, you know, faced with these addictions now being that you can't really see them? I mean, do you, can we even speak to how many people are facing these problems now or you know i mean can we do we know you know what i mean because we a lot of people won't even reach out for help they'll just you know yes yes i mean it, it is a big number i mean some of the statistics on it or and this is even before the pandemic um right. was that only about 10 percent of the people that need treatment would actually seek it out yeah. and then wow. um 90 to 95 percent of that 10 percent um 
the treatment that they received didn't work. Yeah. And so exactly. and that was that was prior to the pandemic. So I'm sure now those numbers are even greater. Yes. I, I, I would actually you know, I would I would believe that, you know, because when we're talking about being in treatment I, I had um, did an internship with a behavioral health place and we were talking about people that had a sex addiction or sex offenders, you know, alcohol addictions, drug addictions. And the numbers, I mean, we talk about how many people are coming through these agencies for treatment. And we and I know me and you touched on a little bit about people failing out. Right. You know, and there's and our or dying from even an overdose, but they actually completed the treatment. So it's just I mean, I can believe that the numbers are, I mean, with people just going through addictions right now are definitely up there, but people are reluctant to even seek help and help. Some people don't even believe they even have a problem. So that that's another thing that we run into where people don't even believe they have an issue and they're just reluctant to even change. Because for me, I always believe it's a behavior change. You know, you have to change behavior, meaning changing who you're hanging around, you know, changing, yeah. you know, just a lot of different things because it's not always just about, well, you know, what, like you say, working it, you know, working this program, working the treatment, you know, it's got to be something about your mindset and, and changing it. But what I wanted to look, ask you was, what do you think? Because with society and how we look at mental health or addictions, I mean, do you believe that society even supports this this notion that, you know, an addiction is actually like an illness? I mean, do you do you believe that they society supports that or they kind of just I mean, what do you think? Well, I, I think it's easy to say that. I think it's been widely accepted to, to say that. Um, but when it comes to really looking at it like that and, and accepting it to be that, I don't think we've gotten there yet. I think that's why um, a lot of people that struggle with addiction end up in the legal system because they're not yes. really treating it like a disease or or um you know some type of mm -hmm. illness and a yeah. lot of people don't realize that it is a disease because the mm. part the part of your brain that controls your um you know your need to get something to eat or your need to get something to drink um, that part becomes infected, it becomes damaged, and the brain is being tricked into believing that you need this substance to survive. Yes. Just like if you went without water or food, hmm. your brain would completely block out everything else until you, it would only allow you to focus on getting water or food. Right. And so yeah, that is a, a problem where we're not, as a society as a whole, looking at it like in the illness that it is or disease right like you said or disease even i mean for because sure. just think how the black community for for has been affected you know by by disease or eat all i'm not saying that black communities are the only but because all community uh, communities are affected by it but i mean look at how for the black community it really is looked upon even with mental health even you can't even talk about it with certain people because you feel like you're being looked upon differently or talked about negatively you know i just feel like yeah. 
it's just i mean i i just see it so much even with the homeless population i know we live in two different areas but just homeless homelessness is a problem and then you got people out on the streets that have mental health or they got addictions you know they're not getting the proper treatments so then they're out on the streets because they can't pay their bills they're going and buying drugs instead i mean it's just i you know it's just a whole problem here you know at this point um but i know with what we talk about too is how individuals that have an addiction do you find that there are supports from family members friends do, have you seen like family members or friends come to your organization to support their loved one to get help or i mean what what have you seen or observed yeah well a lot of the work that we do is actually uh more for the families and loved ones because they actually suffer unjustly you know they're not making yes. the, the choice to you know, I won't say a choice to have an addiction, but they don't have any say in that at all. They just want to see their loved one get better and they don't have any control in the situation. So they suffer uh, for that. And, and we do uh, what we do mainly for them, even above mm. the, the person that's in treatment. But, um, but, but we do see a big change in that. Once people start to really turn things around and they're actually showing that in their life more so than just saying it, because that's the kind of a pattern, you know, it'll be like, yeah, I'm going to get better. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But time and time again, when that doesn't happen, uh, there's no longer any trust in that. But once a person is starting to show, you know, their life is advancing, you know, in all mm -hmm. different areas, then yeah, people do start to really support that and just get real excited about that. Right. Yeah. So what I was thinking, though, because we what the podcast typically touches on is like relationships and dating but what we i remember me and you were talking about how it could be any type of relationship it doesn't have to just be a sexual relationship it could be a sister brother uncle cousin parent i mean how would you say relationships are impacted by an addiction yeah, so that's one of the, the areas that we look for in uh, seeing that they are advancing in is in mm -hmm. developing, uh, well, I would say repairing old relationships and then also mm -hmm. developing new relationships. And, uh, you know, we it, it definitely, you know, whenever there's any kind of addiction involved, it definitely takes its toll on relationships because it usually causes people to want to seclude themselves uh, right. away from everybody and also because of the the heavy stigma that's involved you know yes. there's people that reach out to us for help and they can't even they don't even feel um the the they don't even trust enough in their own church to go to their wow. pastor and say hey i'm struggling with this because the, the stigma is so great and a lot of churches don't even speak about addiction they don't even no. touch on it at all and so mm -hmm. people are sitting in their congregations struggling suffering mm -hmm. and have nowhere to turn and so we actually go around that's part of our ministry is we will go around to different churches and offer to give you know a presentation on the realities of addiction and some resources and and sources of support uh, wow. because of that yeah so i mean why why do you think that is though i mean you know in the bible they had stories about plenty of 
individuals that had some form of addiction or another. I mean, yeah. why is it that you don't yeah. think that they touch on that in church? Well, you know, I personally believe that it's mostly because they don't really have any answers for it. Um, I think that, okay. you know, it's easy to tell somebody, hey, uh, go to a meeting or go to a celebrate recovery meeting. But mm -hmm. when you have somebody that's been struggling for years and years, like that's just not going to do it. You know, we have to yeah. uh, be able to say, hey, here's a phone number. This, you know, this place may be able to help you. Maybe try over here. Uh, churches should be beginning to or should start looking to set up their own ministries involved in right. some form of addiction outreach so that they can have support groups. And a lot of churches have a lot of resources coming in and dollars mm -hmm. that they can really, you know, put towards that. But, um, you know, I can understand it's a it's a you know, it's such a complex topic like we talked about earlier. It really yeah. there's not even a one single definition for it. And so yeah. it can be, you know, it, it can be a tough, um, you know, it's a tough field to get into. For sure. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. So my yeah. question is, because I've watched, you know, we all watch TV in some form or if you don't, you know, you're not sleeping under a rock or anything like that. But some people, there's yeah. some way you get some type of media attention while you're, the re you're reading the newspaper or watching TV or whatever that looks like for you. But I have seen a lot of people that meet people in treatment, like to, to actually engage in a relationship with. Do you find that that's common, um, you know, where you see people are getting into dating relationships? And, and do you believe that, you know, people should do that while in, in some form of treatment? Yeah, so I, I do think it's common that that will happen, that people will start to um, engage in that while in treatment because as you start to feel better and, and overcome that addiction, um, you know, the desire to, you know, be with somebody yeah. else, that also increases. You know, you feel better about yourself. You start looking for that um, in your life. I don't, we don't really recommend that. Um, right. But we do look at everything on an individualized basis. Like there are, of course, people that have met in treatment and they're still mm -hmm. married today and they're, you know, doing well. Um, but majority of the time, you know, you definitely want to try to stay away from that and just focus on yourself and, and getting yourself to that good point. That's one of the things that we take from the AANA um, setting is that, you know, we do recommend that people avoid that, that once they do start to start considering that, try, uh, like they, they'll tell you in, in those programs to first get a plant, you know, if you can yes. maintain that and you can grow that up for about a year, then get a pet, you know, if you can yes. maintain that, right. you know, that and, and you're doing well, then, you know, maybe try to, um, you know, engage in that. But when you're thinking about it in a spiritual um, mm -hmm. form, uh, you know, God has a, you know, he can place somebody in your life you may not always be in control of that. And meeting that person may be, um, you know, the person that God yes. has for you. So we can't, mm -hmm. we don't pretend to be able to dictate that. It is always our recommendation to avoid that if possible, for sure. Right, exactly. Yeah, because the focus, 
what I've heard is that the focus should be on yourself and your sobriety and your treatment. And, you know, you're getting getting better because a lot of people will just get so distracted and they get wrapped up in another relationship instead of working on themselves. You know, then they may start putting that person before them. And what if the other person in the relationship is not where they need to be in treatment? What if they're, you know, relapsing? I mean, yeah, would you so say much that, that would be something wrong. that make? Yeah. So I'm like, well, what? I mean, what if you see that that person is not where they should be, and then next thing you know, you both end up relapsing. You know, because I've heard stories about people meeting in treatment or in rehab. And next thing you know, they're in a relationship, but then they end up relapsing together. And then that's just a whole nother issue. And like you said, so many different things can go wrong in that situation. For sure. You know, because your focus isn't isn't on treatment or getting better anymore. It's on that relationship. And if so I may I add, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, I apologize. But yeah, it's I was okay. just wanted to throw in that also, we also, um, you know, recommend that if they do decide to engage in that that they at least then uh avoid the physical part of that because that really yeah. is what oh. um when you join together like that that is really makes it difficult then to separate you know if something yes. goes wrong and you have engaged in that physical activity um then you know it's going to be that much harder to say hey this isn't what i should be doing right now and so at least yes. if you can avoid that but you know you you decided to engage in that at least if you avoid the physical part it will be easier to notice those things and be able to pull away if it does start to look like it's getting bad yeah exactly and it's like in a relationship where you you know that there's the red flags but you bypass bypass them right because you're like oh you know i'm so in love and oh my goodness i just really care about this person and you know and then you're adding in the physical part of it and then you're just like oh you know but you're just bypassing all of that because you think you're in love or you know whatever that looks like and people just tend to just you know throw on the shades and say, oh, you know, I don't see it. For you sure. Know, I don't, I don't even, or they do see it, but they don't, they just don't want to, you know, realize that it's not a good situation to be in. And I know we've all been there, even with or without an addiction in our life. For sure. You know, you've noticed the red flags and you're like, oh, but then, you know, he can change or she can change or, oh, you know, but this person yeah. is, they have so much potential. And that really, yeah. like you said, so many different things can just go wrong instantly yeah, for sure and then or they end up the person pregnant now we have a baby coming into it and you know we're not we're not where we need to be and then it's just a whole nother you know throwing kids in there and then it's just like so much can easily go wrong so many different things yeah. you know so yeah, exactly right. but but what i wanted to you know ask you too so where is your organization based out of? Like, how can people find your organization? Yeah, so we're actually based out of Lebanon, Pennsylvania, and that's right outside of Hershey, Pennsylvania, which more people are probably familiar with the Hershey chocolate and all that. Um, <laughs> so we're actually, you know, not too far away from Hershey Park and all that good stuff. Um, but what makes this town great for that is, uh, or for rebuilding in that way, is that it's a small town, you know, everything's close by. It's perfect for somebody mm -hmm. that 
They show up here, they don't have a vehicle or anything like that. Uh, there's plenty of work around, employment opportunities all over the town here. And uh, just really mm-hmm. makes it great. Now, uh, to, to reach out to us, we, we accept people from anywhere. And it's actually preferable that a person comes from a different area. Because then, like we were talking about before, they can just focus yes. on themselves. Um, right. and, uh, yeah, so we're in Lebanon, Pennsylvania. And um, you could actually reach out to us at any time through our website, which is uh, www. God's chosen ones.org. Um, and you can reach out to our staff there and we're always willing to, you know, help anyone that we can. If there's any way we could help, we've even had people like, you know, our house will be full and we'll even have wow. somebody on the couch if, if need be, if it means, uh, wow. Them. So yeah, yeah. You can reach out to us. Also, I'll even leave a phone number with you. It's seven one seven. Eight eight nine zero four six six, and I'll just say that one more time. It's just seven one seven eight eight nine zero four six six. And if there's anybody that is in just looking for a different option, uh, we'd love to be able to serve in that way. Yes, that's great. Yeah, because I know we talked about that a little bit too. It's because a lot of people are coming from different areas in the country, especially in the United States, where that might be beneficial for them to get out of the environment that they're in. Because I've, you know, remember dealing with someone that said sometimes it's just the environment I'm in. I I associate with the wrong people. I know I shouldn't be around them, but I associate with them just because of my situation, you know, whether it be lack of stability, whether it be lack of resources. So people have to get out of that environment. Like I said, it's a behavior change. If you can change the behavior, meaning stop hanging around them people if you can, or learning how, if you're going to be around them to avoid engaging in that same behavior. So I think too, even being in Vegas, you know, that might be something beneficial to get out of this environment where you have a lot of addiction and you have a lot of mental health and you have a lot of different things that people, you know, are exposed to here. So just being able to get out of that environment and getting into treatment and feeling better about yourself. So sometimes it's about an environment change and getting out of that. So yeah, I really feel like they need that. So I'm just grateful that, you know, we connected and you can tell me and tell us and the listeners more about what you do and how we can help people in this day and age. Because a lot of the time, the people don't understand addiction or they don't have, they have that lack of knowledge surrounding what addiction is. And if you don't know how to help somebody that has an addiction, you know, hey, your organization is there. So. Yes. I'm just so grateful for that opportunity. Um, so can we find you on social media? Do you have your, you know, are you on social media, Facebook or any accounts that they can find you on as well? Or Yeah. So uh, on Facebook, uh, you can reach out to us on our page there. It's just simply called God's Chosen Ones. Um, okay. That would be a separate uh that would be separate words, I guess you would say for that. Yes. Um, okay. But but uh, anyway, that, that's uh, God's yes. chosen ones there, <laughs> and uh, you can reach us there. You can also reach us on Instagram at um, God's chosen ones. Let's do that real quick. Um, yes, yeah, just God's chosen ones on Instagram. Just one word. 
So, Warren, we were um, getting ready to wrap it up here. So um, we were mentioning um, your, I can reach out to you. Um, what's the best way for them besides, I know we mentioned the email or the website or what have you, but about social media, how can they find you and your organization? Yes, yes. yes. So, uh, so, yeah, so on social media, the best way uh, right now would be through Facebook. Um, we do have an Instagram account, but we don't really get on there as much, but we are there. If you go to God's Chosen Ones, uh, you'll see us there. But uh, mainly on Facebook, if you reach out, uh, you'll see us at God's Chosen Ones. And that's, um, you know, space in between yes. the yes. words there. And uh, you'll see our logo, which is like a shield with three stars going across the top. And uh, again, you can always just give us a call at 717-889-0466. And just to add, one thing that does make us unique in a lot of other places is that we do work with individuals that are on any kind of opioid maintenance medications. Okay, gotcha. Great. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. So I really, we really appreciate you, you know, taking the time out of your day to join us and talk a little bit about, you know, what your organization does for people and how people can contact you and reach out to you so they can get the help that they need. So I just want to thank everybody for joining us and listening to us, all of our Rethink Dating listeners. It's not always about fun. I mean, we try to have fun, but sometimes we'd like to touch on topics to help people in the community because that's what we're all about. So I want to let everybody know that, of course, you can catch the podcast on www. 1055.mobi which my episodes air on the radio station so if you want more information go check out the website um, they have mobile radio have they have a lot of listeners where they also have a better music mix for you guys so don't forget to check out our podcast catch up on those episodes where also next week I got a special new host we're bringing to the show so you guys look out for that information as well. So thank you, Warren, so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Right. All right, guys. So check us out, like I said, on 1055.mobi, where they have a better music mix. Are you looking to make friends or date interesting people around you? Dating apps these days may be discriminating, but Rethink brings a new perspective to online dating. The Rethink online dating app is for everyone. With this free app, you can discover and connect with people of all gender, ethnicity, sexuality, or race. There is no discrimination on the Rethink dating app. You can find profiles of others who are interested in you. Whether you're looking for a single woman to date, a single man to date, or looking for transgenders to date, you can have it all on the Rethink dating app. This app is also for gays to help them find a gay partner. People from the LGBT community also love the Rethink dating app. You can easily build a social relationship and connect with people of different genders, ethnicity, race, sexuality using the Rethink dating app. Rethink dating. Sign up today. RethinkDatingApp.com.